What's the word, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast where we will have again tennis combined with basketball. So let's start with Roland Garros. Let's see what happened a couple of days ago because, yeah, we had some typical Grand Slam drama. We had some huge upsets. We had some withdrawals. So let's start with the men's tour. First, Djokovic, Nadal and team, the three favorites. I don't see no one winning the D slam over them. Cruising in so far, victory in three sets for all of them. Team had a little bit of problems in the third set against American Jack Sack. He saved three or four set points, if I'm not mistaken, in the tiebreak, but he turned it around and won. Then Daniel Medvedev continues his struggles on clay and loses to Martin Fukšovic from Hungary in four sets. Yeah, he didn't look focused at all in that entire game. He won one set, but he lacked interest so bad. This is at least how it looked like. Man, huge props to Stefanos Tsitsipas and Andrei Rublev. They played on Sunday a three-setter in Hamburg in the final. They had to travel immediately to Paris for this slam. And the day after they arrived, they won, coming back two sets to none. Unbelievable. This is the magic of five setters. And I completely disagree with the people who say that the five set should be cancelled and there should only be three sets in in Grand Slams. No, I disagree with that. The one thing I agree with, though, is that we should not have tournaments, Grand Slams, so this close to each other. Like we had US Open literally three weeks ago. I'm not even, I think two weeks ago. And now we have Roland Garros in different surface, different continents, for God's sake. Yeah. We all we, we saw the effect of that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Gael Monfils continues to struggle after a formidable 2020 start. But after the restart, he played really bad. Alexander Bublik upset him. Yeah. So far, so good in the men's tour. Fonini upset. Yeah, he played horrible again. Schwarzman continues his good form. He could be a sleeper pick. But if I had to choose my sleeper pick, my wild card, let's say, I think I will go with three-time Grand Slam champion Stan Wawrinka. Why? I watched three of the four sets he played against Köfer. And man, did it look like Wawrinka, the Grand Slam champion in action. I was really amazed I haven't seen him like that in a while. I know he defeated Andy Murray in the first round. But again, Andy Murray is not a 2016 Andy Murray. But I didn't know that Wawrinka played literally so good. One thing about him is that he, the people who don't know, he has three Grand Slams. Yeah, French Open, Australian Open, US Open. And he usually in Grand Slams, he plays as the tournament progresses, his level of play progresses. What do I mean by that? 
Yeah, he wins the first round, the second round, the third round, the third round because let's face it, he's the favorite. But then when push came, comes to shove and he faces another seed, oh my God, his level of play grows exponentially. He's on another level. But now he's... And watching this game in the second round gave me flashbacks of Stan Wawrinka, the Grand Slam champion. So let's uh, have another discussion. You will never be able to talk about the big three without Wawrinka and Mori. Period. And Wawrinka defeated Rafael Nadal to an Australian Open and Novak Djokovic to be crowned the champion in uh, Roland Garros and in uh, Flushing Meadows. So, but this Wawrinka had Stupid records head-to-head. I mean, look at... Let's talk about the big three. Nadal and Djokovic. Close head-to-head. Djokovic has won three more games than him. Than Nadal. Yeah, Nadal has a little bit more games ahead of Roger Federer in the head-to-head matchup. I forgot exactly how. And Djokovic also is close. Pretty much close to Federer. Nadal and Wawrinka faced each other 22 times. Wawrinka only won three times. His win percentage against Rafael Nadal is 14%. But, because he's back against the wall, the Australian Open final, he defeated him. Then, again, against Novak Djokovic. <laughs> Here he's a little bit better, but still worse. Djokovic has 19, 19 wins. Wawrinka has 6 wins. But then again, in the final of those slams, he steps it up big time. So, Wawrinka is my sleeper pick, my wild card. I really think he can upset. He has the chance to upset one of those two guys. Team as well. But other than that, I really don't see anyone who can cause them problems, I mean. And Rafael Nadal, not that he needed that, but his draw, wow. I think he's one of the easiest draws in his Roland Garros career. Yeah, we'll see. Dominic Thiem, on the other hand, has one of the toughest draws Defeated Jack Sack, and his next matchup will be against Casper Ruud, former fresh semi finalist at Rome. So we will see. Alexander Zverev, yeah, played another pointless five setter. He's 6 0 in Roland Garros' five setters because he always plays them for some reason and he always wins because he's the better player, the more talented players. He, he, I, I don't understand how. The majority of his games in Grand Slams goes five sets because he shouldn't allow that, but whatever. Then, going to the women's side, we had here some trauma, especially yesterday. So, let's start with number one seed Simona Halep, who defeated countrywoman Irina Kamelia Begu. A great match. Halep plays extraordinary. Plays like he deserves to be the champion here. I don't know 
who can upset her because Pliskova, Pliskova played bad. I mean, he, she almost lost. Zitolina gave a teenage Mexican a 6-0 set. Sofia Kienin, I don't see her winning. So I don't know. Maybe Muguruza, maybe? I don't know. We shall see. But what happened? Yesterday, Serena Williams forfeited before the second round. Finishes the, the third time. She withdraws from this event. And here are the consequences of having two Grand Slams so close to each other. Serena Williams in the semifinals of US Open injured her Achilles heel. And yeah, this is why she didn't play in Rome. She was supposed to play, but she retired then. And now she won the first uh, game at Roland Garros. And now she had to retire because after she consulted with her coach, there were huge chances, chances that she could aggravate the injury. So she decided not to play. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, a good match and a good test for Karolina Pliskova will be the match against Jelena Ostapenko. He should start any minute now as I'm recording this. But drama in Kiki Bertens versus Sarah Erani match. Wow, how this game ended. So, yes, yeah, Sarah Erani is a former semi-finalist of this event. Kiki Bertens, number 8 on the WTA rankings. She looked like he was injured. Erani said that Kiki faked her injury. The game was really intense. It lasted three hours and Kiki Bertens left the game on a wheelchair. And the run is still considered that she was faking her injury. Yeah, I don't want to give much attention to this because I'm not a drama chaser, but congratulations to Kiki Bertens is all I can say. Then, huge, huge and unexpected upset. Victoria Azarenka lost to Anna Karolina Schmidlova, who is ranked 161. And she lost 6 2 6 2. Straight sets. And man, Azarenka was really in form. I mean, I really don't know what happened. She lost in the final at US Open. She won Cincinnati. She lost in the quarterfinals of Rome against Muguruza, but it was a close match. In the first game, she looked perfectly fit. 6-1, 6-2 victory. I don't know what really happened to her. I mean, it's... Midlova played very aggressive. She had nothing to lose against former number one, Victoria Zarenka, and her mentality... Not that Zarenka played necessarily that bad. I mean, it wasn't her, the worst game of her career, but... Schmidlova was attacking her left, right, forehand, backhand. She hit very powerful the ball. Did no chance. If you watch the game, you would be like, Azarenka probably was wondering, how did I end up in this situ situation? Because it was really strange. And this is a huge upset. I really saw her as a title favorite. And Schmidlova defeated 
Venus Williams in the first round. Yeah, who is not the Venus Williams she used to be too, but probably did good for her morale. Yeah, so in the WTA, favorite is still Simona Halle for me. And I really don't know who can cause her problems. Because her draw is easier. I mean, she plays Danisimova, former semifinalist here who defeated Simona Halep in the quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken, last year. But she's not really in the best shape. And I think her next match, if she if Halep wins, will be against the Greek Sakari. And that I think should be a complicated a more complicated game, but Simona Halep really looks like Wimbledon. Final Halep when she defeated Serena Williams. And she dominated her. She looks very dominant. Uh, so Halep always had a great defensive performance. But lately, and she, she was so good at transforming defense into offense, but I think it looks like lately she's being more aggressive. This works very good for her. Yeah, so. Nadal Djokovic team. Yeah, obviously Nadal is the favorite. But uh, I don't see the gap is really close in my eyes. While in the women's side, Alep is the favorite by so much in my opinion. We shall see. And uh, yeah, let's move to basketball, guys. Let's move to the NBA. Because, man. So, Lakers and Miami hit first game. I did not expect that. What happened in this game? It looked like a mismatch. It, it looked like it was Los Angeles Lakers against... Kentucky team, I don't know, college team, university team, I mean, yeah, the hit had a 13-point lead in the first quarter, and then somehow in the third or fourth quarter, they were led by as much as 32 points, wow, wow, yeah, it looked like a beatdown, I mean, the game was an entire mismatch, uh, they got beated out on the box score and also, I mean, physical beatdown. Two of their players went down and didn't came back. Didn't come back. We will see. And we'll talk about the injuries a little bit later on this segment. But, fun fact, do you know that this was LeBron's 50th game in the NBA Finals? 50? It looks, wow, wow. And this is only the second time he wins the first game of the NBA Finals. The first time was, as you probably don't expect, against the Dallas Mavericks in 2011, where he ultimately lost the series. So, yeah, props to him. Weird stat, if you ask me. So, let's get straight into analysis of this game. What happened? The Lakers outcoached the zone defense that Miami hit played. So the purpose of the zone defense is that you protect the paint, you protect the elbow, the mid-ranges, if you will, if you will, and you take threes. 
because the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers have the potential to be a good three-point team if everything falls down as it did last night. But more often than not, they are not a good three-point shooting team. And yesterday night, last night, in the first half, they shot it 65% from downtown. 65%! That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they cooled down down the in the second half, but the game was already over. At the midpoint of the third quarter, the game was already over. There was no chance in how Miami Heat was going to come back from that without Dragic and without Adebayo. So, yeah, the Lakers annihilated the zone defense. And I said that last episode. I talked about key matchups. And I wondered, will Miami go small and play BAM at center? Because if they play BAM at center, as it happened, okay, what will the Lakers do? Start Dwight Howard and play Anthony Davis at the four? Because who will guard Anthony Davis if he plays the power forward position? Jay Crowder? Uh, Salomon Hill? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. Really? None of these players have a chance. And I'm not saying that Bam will lock down Anthony Davis, but at least he has a chance of doing that. It was a mismatch the entire game for Anthony Davis. This is why he had 34 points, 9 rebounds, I think. Yeah, 5 assists, 3 blocks. <laughs> Annihilation. Then... Uh, the role players for Los Angeles Lakers stepped up. KCP, 13 points. Danny Green, 11. Caruso, 10. Even Markeith Morris, 8 points. They hit their open shots. And this is what they are supposed to do. Another thing about this zone defense. LeBron James is... I don't know how to call that. The greatest penetrator and kicker. So, he penetrates, he, he destroys the zone... And if they put a wall in front of him, he knows. He knows every time where his the her, where his teammates are on the court. So he passes to them. Boom! Wide open, free, bang. Danny Green, KCP, Caruso, even Anthony Davis. Everyone can shoot a three. They are not great at doing it, but everyone can. So yeah. Mismatch against LeBron James. I talk about it. Lakers are a good defensive team. And KCP and Danny Green. Yeah, even Caruso. They can cause problems, let's say, to Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. As they did. I mean, Robinson had how many points? Uh, zero. Zero points from the three-point specialist. Yeah, inexcusable. And then... Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, as good as they are on, a, as good as they could be, because they didn't went, they didn't war last night. As good as they can be on the offensive side, they are very bad defensive players. And what was LeBron James doing? Haunting them. Pick and roll, get Robinson on James, get Tyler Hero on James, and school him, school them. I mean, no chance ever. Then, another thing. Yeah, not only, I forgot to mention that, not only LeBron James can 
destroy the zone defense, but Rajan Rondo is a not <laughs> I don't know how to characterize him because I don't want to say that he's one of the greatest point guards of all time, but definitely he's one of the greatest passers of all time. And his basketball IQ, he's an extension of the coach on the court. His basketball IQ is ridiculous and it's easy for him to find wide open players, wide open shooters, cutters, everyone. Yeah. So, uh, what happened? Miami, Jimmy Butler, 23 points leading scorer. He stepped on the wrong foot. I mean, I think twice this game and he was limping a bit. Yeah, he played through it because probably it wasn't serious, but I don't know. Uh, Goran Dragic, they said he had a tear, something in his foot and he was limping badly and he hasn't been ruled out of the series, but probably he's not going to play in game two, even game three. I mean, if the series extended, maybe he will come back, but I really don't see him coming back in game two or three. And yeah, let's face it. Kendrick Nunn gave them some good minutes. But when Kendrick Nunn checked into the game, the game was already over. The Lakers... I don't want to say that they lost their interest, but they played more relaxed. Because, yeah, they won by 18 points, but as I said, the lead was 32 at some point. So, yeah, Kendrick Nunn, 18 points. But he's not a shot creator and a facilitator than Dragic is. So, yeah, it's a huge blow for Dragic. And then Bam. Bam, who was their best player in the Eastern Conference Final. Even when he was guarding Anthony Davis, it was a mismatch, man. He had 8.4 rebounds before he went down with that shoulder strain that hurt. That, so... He first hurt his shoulder in game... I don't think... No, if, I think it was game 5 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And yeah, I wondered if it's serious or not because he was really holding her his arm and it looked pretty bad if you ask me. But then, you know, everyone knows what happened in game 6 where he gave them the business. And now again, after he went for a layup... He wanted the contact with the Dwight Howard to get the foul. He got the contact and again, he was holding his shoulder. By this point, the game was already over, just so you know. There was nine of 20-something, 30-point lead the time, by the time Bam went out. And yeah, last thing you, you know, you see him walking down, going to the locker room to get some more treatment. X-rays are negative. Which means that, and I saw the news that he wants to play, he intends to play in game two. We will see because the way these finals are played is the other day. I mean, we had a game last night, today no, but tomorrow, yeah. So I don't know if he will recover. If Bema De Bayo and Dragic won't play, I'm afraid for all the basketball fans that this will be an imminent sweep. Because Lakers are the favorites by so much and the way they play this first game I mean they set up the tone man and if two of the 
three best players in the Miami Heat are not playing. Who, the Miami Heat don't even have a that bonafide superstar. Yeah, it's over with. They don't have any chance, man. Andre Godala, seven points, five rebounds, six assists. Does the dirty work, plays hard defense. But he can't, I mean, he can't. You can't put him on Anthony Davis against Salomon Hill, Derek Jones Jr. They tried all kinds of combinations. And but we said it looked like this. Yeah, congratulations, Miami Heat. Terrible series, terrible bubble so far from you. But yeah, let's get this over with now. Your time has now ended. It really looked like this. And I, Coach Spo, Spolstra, as much as I praised him the last few episodes, he really went out coached in this game. I mean, I think he should try new things. Especially if one of Dragic and Adebayo will miss. I mean, he will be forced to try new things. But let's say if Bam will play and Dragic will not. What if they start, they play Bam at the four and they put Myers Leonard at the five to give them more height advantage because they were, it was a mismatch the entire game for Anthony Davis. 34 points, it was literally a mismatch. So yeah, we shall see what adjustments Coach Spo makes. I want to talk about something real quick before we end this episode. So, Anthony Davis, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks. LeBron James, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, 0 blocks. Uh, will this hurt LeBron James if he doesn't win finals MVP? Because, yeah, this game both played good, but Anthony Davis... Mm, I will give him the edge... He looked like he played better. He had a monster performance. But in the same time, yeah, LeBron can put up 25, which is a great stat for points, I mean. But he will also do the 9 rebounds, then 8 rebounds, that 12 assists, 10 assists that facilitate and give them... I don't know. I'm thinking that, yeah, if LeBron wins... The Finals MVP, I think it will be better for him. But in the same time, if he loses it to Anthony Davis, I don't think it will affect his legacy that much. Probably it won't affect it at all. But you know how uh, things will go for the LeBron haters. That, yeah, he was carried by AD. I don't want to get into that because I really hate those conversations. But yeah, Jordan had six rings. He was Finals MVP all six times. And I think this will be great for LeBron. If he can win finals MVP, if he can win the fourth championship on a third different team and win the finals MVP on a third different team as no one did. And he battled that with Kawhi this season, but Kawhi is now home watching television. So, I'm really looking forward to that matchup so far. I mean, I really want this to be a good series as a fan because these are the last couple these are the last few games that we will see until next year probably. And I really want those matchup 
these games to be good, to be competitive. But if Miami has injuries, they have literally zero chances. And I have, I give them a chance. I mean, I thought that if they could, yeah, they is no stopping Davis and James. But if they can hold the role players to one-digit numbers in points, who knows? And if Tyler Hero has another explosion game, or Butler, or Bam. But yeah, right now, I don't give them... I mean, again, if they are injured, I don't give them any chance. They have literally zero chances if Bam and Dragic are injured. I pray that they are not. I pray for health. I pray for a good series. Even though I'm a huge LeBron James fan. And this finals has great storylines. But I don't know, guys. I really don't know. So, I think this was it for this fifth episode of the podcast. The next one. Let's talk about the schedule for the next one. So, today we are on a Thursday. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So... The next game will played on will be played on Saturday. My time, my hour. So yeah, I think I one hundred percent do another episode Sunday after Saturday after game two of the finals. And when Roland Garros is finally past his first week, because this is why this is when the seeds are playing, and there should be more competitive games and more. There should be more competitive games and more classic five-setters in the Grand Slam. Maybe a few upsets we will have till then. Who knows? Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Peace out.